you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL podcast. Isn't sure if it will be attending OTAs this year. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Connor Orr, Maron. And Greg Rosenthal, what's up, boys? And nobody knows what to say. I know. I didn't want to. You can't step on that iconic. That's true. So That's what's true. up? Connor, welcome uh, to L.A. You got in just today, and you're going to sit in the studio for uh, two shows. We're very excited about that. And, uh, yeah, you are sitting in the chair of Chris Wessling, who, of course, uh, if you heard Thursday's show or perhaps if you're plugged in on social media, uh, Chris made his big announcement about his health issue, uh, and he is, uh, you know, Tybee Island still uh, enjoying himself with the Paramore, and maybe we'll try to track him down a little bit later. But we want to a real, a, a real heavy thank you to ev- the entire audience, uh, everyone that reached out to Wes on social media, uh, reached out to us on behalf of the people that were blocked that reached out. Uh, to us saying even though we're blocked by Wes, <laughs> yeah. we want to send him well wishes. And, of course, the subreddit, uh, which we just we love, uh, the Around the NFL subreddit where uh, there was a GoFundMe started uh, to cover Wes's bar tab. And so much was put towards that GoFundMe. A, it made uh, Sydney jealous. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you, would, you would think that she would – that she would feel good for all the support Wes got in you know a tough time, but no, no, it was kind of uh, like she was like, "Hey, that's more money than my money." She like, is a she is a wash in raging materialism <laughs> at this point in her life, and we, there's no reverse on like that. Like a character assassination, <laughs> I don't know about any. A little on your corner though, at least acknowledge that. Like Wes, a little bit on your corner with this. Sure, maybe he can be new money now. <laughs> but uh, no, the you guys were so so nice uh, uh, to Wes that they had to, to shut down the GoFundMe at a certain point. Uh, but obviously um, a really nice gesture from everybody. Yeah, I don't want to speak for Wes, and maybe we'll get a hold of Wes later on in the show. Long-time listeners will remember we've called Huckaboos before. He's been there sometimes. Sometimes he is not. But it, it just as obviously we're a family here with the podcast, and it's uh, 
I don't know. I was checking on it. I could you can't couldn't help check on it throughout the weekend, and it really is awesome to think about all the listeners and all the support he's getting, and I'm I'm sure he really appreciates it. And we all do as a group because we are because we are a group, and it, and it's cool to see in a time like. And just to be clear, I. I don't know about you. I received upwards of a thousand tweets from blocked people, from people that he has blocked. <laughs> That's what I mean. Which Easily. says a lot. Yeah. Which says a lot. Many, 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 many tweets, and almost all of them positive. So, and not to mention on the internet. That's a big deal. That is for not, it to be almost universally positive. And not to mention a little update before we move on to a, a big show. Uh, I mean, Wes not only uh, drops that drops the news on the show later that night. We have our softball game, and he hits for the cycle. Kind of a legendary, legendary performance. Play ball! Another another big win for the Shield. And Wes um, had a big day out out of the leadoff hole. And, uh, you know, we don't know when we're going to have Wes back here. We don't know when he'll be back with the softball team. But, obviously, he's, uh, you know, on our minds as we move forward. And now Connor... Uh, cuts in at uh, almost a suspiciously. By the way, very modest by the skip. Uh, the skip has been mashing this year, like it's 1988. Jose Canseco. Well, that's like the performance enhancing drug. That, that's yeah. that's Dan. The, it's the, the first game that I that I watched this season. It is essentially the '89 Niners. You t- the opponent that rolled in there. You just you tat you tatted them up. They were they were left in bits. And Greg is not. Greg should also acknowledge, not that he should about himself, but he w- showed incredible speed. And he's kind of like a Julian Edelman character out there. He's he does a little bit of everything. Told, made some big plays. We told Greg, uh, or I told Greg, because he needed to get some cleats because he was debating whether he was going to wear sneakers to play third base, which felt like a terrible idea. He went to the local sporting goods store. What does he show up with? Gleaming white cleats. A huge, like, (laughs) Joe Namath-esque statement, Connor. And then he backed it up with a very, very strong game on both sides of the ball. He reminds me of sort of a like that B.J. Surhoff sort of versatile guy, you know? (laughs) So I think think it all fits. You are a little B.J.-like. I'll take that. Uh, So, yes, Connor now slides into Wes's chair for the time being. The next two shows, we're excited uh, to have you aboard, Connor. And get... And get that mind thinking. I know it's always cranking. We might have to do a live or you kidding me please on Wednesday. I, I love it. I mean, the last one got such good feedback. Um, yeah. Our boy was just ripping on the guitar. That was electric. I'll have to reach out to Kikongo, too, and see if we can get this. I thing. could feel yeah. that in New Jersey. You know, <laughs> It would be contingent on you being annoyed by something new since that last. That's, that won't be hard. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, today's show uh, is – a breakdown of all things NFL-related. And some would say, hey, it's you know May 15th. What possibly could there be to talk about? And the answer is not a lot. <laughs> so we'll see you. <laughs> Thank you fair. for listening. Come, no. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Greg has been cranking away while everyone else is just kicking their feet up. Greg has been wailing away, really pounding on this projected, series, uh, projected <laughs> starter series. We get it. Division just really hammering. Like a jackrabbit on this uh, projected starter series. Uh, you went all the way through the AFC. You're mo- moving your way through the NFC now. So yeah. you've studied these teams closely, Greg. So uh, this felt like a good time. Some things that have jumped out to you that maybe you weren't aware of uh, before this exercise began. Some takeaways. See what you guys think. Big fancy takeaways even. Ooh, I like that. And, uh, yeah, and we will also – uh, try to track down Wes if possible, and then we'll do some news. And to do that, we'll go behind the glass. The first lady of the Run the NFL podcast. Probably not actually jealous. Probably legitimately happy for Wes to get that support like the rest of us. I'm just going to go out on a limb. 
Yeah, I actually got a little emotional reading through the Reddit this weekend because it's it's amazing. Honestly, like who has better listeners than us? No one. That's true. True. Who's got it better than us? Remember that? That was a thing. That came and went. Nobody. <laughs> wow. We're speaking of the subreddit. We are 119 su- subscribers away from 5,000. Wow. Let's do it. Do we have any music uh, to build this up? The five at once they hit the five thousand mark, that is when we will at random pick someone on that subreddit, and something amazing will happen to their life. We haven't figured it out yet, or even talked about it privately. We'll start a GoFundMe for them, and they will suddenly be individually wealthy, extremely wealthy. I got some ideas. Let's do some news. There's no such things as curses. It's a total myth. Okay. Tom Brady continuing his onslaught of uh, culture after being uh, <laughs> named the Madden cover boy. And maybe, Tom, just take a break. Go spend some time with your kids and stop shooting viral videos. Because you've got a big season coming up. I'm not going to tell you how to be a father or how to be a husband. But let's just break it down a little bit before training camp. That's all. I mean, if anything, sounds like you are telling us that. Yeah, he would consider you a close ally, <laughs> so he would be listening. Uh, let's start with the Buffalo Bills, where uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, after what seemed it seemed like it was curtains for Tyrod and Buffalo, he ended up coming back to the team. Uh, the rest of the the regime changed, and that doesn't guarantee though uh, that Tyrod Taylor will be the Bills' starting quarterback because new GM Brandon Bean. Where does that rank, by the way, Connor, in your general manager name power rankings? It, it just feels made up. It's like, like your generic executive in Madden. Like yeah. if you don't pick a name, it's just assigned to you. <laughs> yeah. <Brandon Bean. laughs> yeah, the bean counter. I bean call. man. Uh, anyway, he told WGR Radio 550 on Monday that there will be a open competition uh, at every position, including quarterback. If we walked out there today, I would say Tyrod's probably the starter, but we haven't even gone through OTAs. Um, you know, we got the young guy, Peterman. I thought he did some nice things this weekend at the mini camp. Um, you know, Cardell Jones has a, you know, a huge arm and talent. I don't know anything about him personally. Uh, <laughs> TJ Yates has, you know, has done some starting his career. So there are some guys on this roster. I guess Greg is being there honest. Are, there, I, yeah, he is being honest. There are some guys on this roster. I don't know anything about Cardell Jones personally. <laughs> I, maybe it's time to find out. He's your backup quarterback, Brandon Bean. I, I don't like this disrespect for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, give me a break. I understand open competition and all that, but there are different rules when it comes to quarterbacks, and he's being paid $15 million a year, and there's no one else on the roster. So it just seems like a continuation of the genu- general disrespect for Tyrod Taylor. It seems unnecessary, and there really isn't a number two guy in there that you think is going to come in in the next couple of months and steal snaps away from Tyrod Taylor. What, what Makes it, you wonder a little bit. Yeah, though. Connor, what does it hurt just to say Tyrod's our guy? He's a, he's done it with this team, and, and we're happy to have him, and he's our guy this season. Why can't? Why does everything have to be an open competition? Well, I feel like when you become a GM, you have to decide whether you're going to be the he's our guy guy or we're going to compete guy, and you can't you can't pick one of those. Like, John, it's a competition, competition. And but that's because they to, didn't have a quarterback. Right. But you just have to go oh. down that road, you know? In his opening press conference, it was turn the bottom of the roster, competition. So from now on, you have to be the competition guy 
at every position. I guess I would like to follow up if I'm there. It's like, is LaShawn McCoy competing then with Jonathan Williams? So that's open between those two. <laughs> and let's hear what, see what he Well, says. that's, you know, that's what the corner of this guy's backed himself into. So, yes. I I, assume. You got to imagine with Tyrod Taylor, if he's seen these comments yet or heard the comments, just a massive, like, Tina Fey 30 Rock eye roll uh, for the ages. Because, like, am I going to go through this again? Like, this is my life now? This is what every regime comes in and, and doubts me? And I'm in Western New York. How did this happen? It's to a me? bit much. He's also made like a Pro Bowl, and he's been like a moderately productive starter. If it's if crazy. nothing else, it does. It's a reminder that this is very much a one-year deal, and they are going into this not feeling like they're committed to him after this year. Moving on, Eddie Lacy uh, is the running a running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He signed that incentive-laden uh, contract with the Seahawks uh, after a few free agent uh, visits. Uh, back in March, and today was a deadline, uh, or what? Today was uh, his first weigh-in for what is called a weight clause incentive. He had to hit the scales at 255 pounds or less uh, to make 55k, which is you know nothing to sneeze at. And uh, Eddie got her done. 253, he came in, nice. so he uh, makes 55 thousand dollars. And in case you forgot. Uh, Bob McGinn of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I believe he recently retired, Bob. He he Very did. Distinguished career. Uh, he reported back in March that Lacey weighed in at 267 for one of his free agent team visits. So if he was around that, he's lost about a dozen pounds to make this weight. And by the way, the Packers listed Lacey at 234 pounds last season, which, <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on now. That's a bit much. So Isn't Eddie Good Lacey working with um, – your girl, uh, Autumn Calabrese, both Mark and Connor, big fans. Yeah, of I mean, really if you think Wes and I are the kissing cousins, this guy, yeah, Connor, right here, on. we both do the beach body, and it does work, right? Yeah, I but mean, isn't that what isn't yeah. that what Eddie Lacy's doing, or something he, similar? Yeah, it is. It is yeah. that exactly. And his agent like sent it out, very <laughs> proud of you know his client that that they got the weight. And I was kind of thinking, well, oh, fifty five thousand on the line, that's pretty. You cut it pretty close. Also, though, a couple pounds there. It's fair. Is is weight the best like indicator here? Like, wouldn't you want to do like body fat? Like, you can starve yourself and hit a weight goal, but then you're not going to be a very effective running back. Something tells me Eddie Lacy had a terrible weekend. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I think the I, issue for him is like I think in the off season you can do one of these programs and absolutely lose that weight. Absolutely. It seems the minute he gets dumped into the team complex, the week to week procedures, the way that that thing operates. That's where he fell off the rails last year. Well, this got me thinking, actually. This is a true story. This is not a bit. I went to um, the Santa Monica Public Library and and Farmer's Market thing they got going on on Saturday. And Autumn Calabrese, your girl, had a public event there that day where she was going to do a public workout. with. Greg, you did not text me? I I took a picture of it, but it was canceled. So maybe she was called over to Lacey to do some last-minute – What was it? Lack of interest? I don't know. It just said canceled. There was was not. There was a sign-up with her her very fetching picture, but then right across it, it said canceled. I took took a picture of it. Well, Connor's in town for a couple days, but it's like the Beachbody headquarters about – Five minutes from this building, so let's let's get over Beach there. Body. We'll storm it, Greg. You need to be letting us know when that kind of thing is happening. Okay. By the way, that's a bad job, Greg. That's like Greg, the Greg's big, like we yeah. have the Greg's biggest like, Autumn Calbras fan here, and you're not even <laughs> dropping not a, a, a text. Well, part of it was Greg's right. like one of my friends. I think is maybe <laughs> kind of vaguely into this. <laughs> I took a picture. I just forgot to send it over. Yikes. I appreciate that. 
Yeah. I've got but little kids running all around the it's place. It's a little bit Worried of about a, uh, La Ravilla. La Ravilla? Put it this way. I'll, I'll, let's say you saw – all right. Let's say I saw Ellis Burks at the okay. Grove yeah. here in L.A. The Ellis Burks. And the Ellis Burks, the former Red Sox outfielder that you idolize. I named my daughter after. Yes. Yes. And we were online together at Barnes & Noble, and he was a really nice guy. I said, hey, you're Ellis Burks, right? Uh and then we had like a nice civil conversation uh, and I didn't like right. take a selfie or a shoot you a text. And it came up like a week later in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you be like kind of like, dude, like, why didn't you like? Plug well, in she wasn't there, though. It was canceled. That's that's the right. Thing. It's a different level of what could have been happening there. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she, I she wasn't there. And meanwhile, I got my son running through the strawberry stands and like the tangerines one way. And my daughter's going off to the library, you know, like, oh like a lot of action. I had the, uh, the worst Mother's Day <laughs> yesterday. I don't know about this Mother's Day holiday. I got to be honest. With you. I love my mom. But if my kids are always going to be like this. That was a like very Francesa thing right there. I don't know about this Mother's <laughs> okay. Day thing. Okay. 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 Uh, if, if my children are going to behave that way on Mother's Day. Doesn't th- bode well. Let's just, let's just wipe the whole thing because no one was happy, in- including the lovely Emily. We try to go out to a nice breakfast. And uh, my six-year-old is the is Satan six personified. Yeah, six months old. What did I say? Six years. Yeah. Feels like six years. <laughs> and uh, sweet Jack, uh, two and a half years old, he's starting to I think take bad habits from his little brother, which is not yep. how this is supposed to work. It happen. They're young. Once they're old enough to understand what, what? the day is, you'll un- you'll the, like it better. The hey, Harrison, come back to us. We, we hear that, Dan. I mean, I in our house, Mother's Day simply means, and and I would in re- Father's Day in reverse. I'm the father of these children all year long. She's the mother of these children all year long. You don't need more of them the, on that day because they're generally, you know, they're needy, excessively needy. You just lock the, you, you take, you say to the wife, go in the room, sleep late. I'm going to take the kids out of your hair, not let's go oh, yeah. try to engage and have a civil child. Or, I dropped my wife off at the mall. That exactly. was your Mother's Day present. Go be an adult, be a woman. We, you know what? We're relatively new or newer than, than you are. Uh, both of you guys, you have older kids than I do. So we thought that, stupidly thought that Mother's Day would be a nice time to spend time together as a unit, <laughs> whereas the reality was it is the recipe for an outright disaster of a morning. It's apocalyptic. And then it just starts rolling. You ready for kids yet, Connor? I'm never having kids. <laughs> Ever. Uh, I do love my children, though. I want to make sure that's that's Well, clear, that's, but that is very evident to the listeners of the show today. <laughs> they tested my patience. Harrison's first comeback to us of his life. <laughs> Hopefully the last. <laughs> Can you imagine him listening to this like when he's like 11? Aww. It's going to be like a, you know. No, a fun I would definitely play this for him just yeah. to let him know what, what he was like. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs first round pick Patrick Mahomes. Tough situation. Uh, he was robbed along with three others on Friday night in Tyler, Texas. Uh, the Smith County Sheriff's Office confirmed to NFL media. Uh, Mahomes and three friends uh, returned home after attending a baseball game as they pulled up in the driveway. Another car blocked them in. Jeez. Uh, a robber. Well, Patcher wrote robber. We still using robber in the lexicon of society? Crook. Yeah. Burglar. <laughs> Armed robber. That's robber, see? Dastardly duo. <laughs> I'm going to read it like uh, old timey now. A robber got out of his vehicle, see, and approached my homes and the others. No, this is very serious. <laughs> Call rewrite. Uh, <laughs> Call the copper, see? Scram. Uh, anyway, the the <laughs> robber got out of the vehicle and acted as if he had a gun in his waistband, and, and and the robber then demanded the victim's goods. They complied. Goods. Uh, and the good news <laughs> <laughs> the good news is that Patrick Mahomes and his 
boys are okay, uh, but that that sounds uh, unpleasant. Who's robbing like a six four? Like all, all these athletes that are getting held up. Who's deciding that that's the guy I'm going to follow? Yeah, you know, especially that we don't have proof that the gun was in the band. Let's say the gun wasn't in the band. You are really rolling the dice there if you're trying to bluff your way towards like an uber athlete looking dude. Just saying, there's shorter, doughier people like me. You could just you know, <laughs> and I'll just give you the wallet. You know, yeah, not, that's not cool. an issue. Uh, in San Diego Chargers news, this is becoming a regular part of this podcast because Greg is moving away from the Patriots now and towards uh, his hometown, Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> it's not my, but it's where I live, not my hometown. The Chargers released veteran guard Orlando Franklin on Monday. The team announced, um, and uh, ESPN had first reported that this is the same Orlando Franklin that signed a five-year, thirty-six point five million dollar contract just two years ago. Uh, it costs L.A. $2.8 million against the cap, uh, leaving almost $5 million in dead money. Greg, this one uh, didn't work from the start. It didn't. It was a huge bust. Tom Telesco, their general manager, is now on the third iteration, really, of trying to rebuild this offensive line. He brought in another ex-Bronco, Russell Okung, who will be their left tackle. They drafted two guards. But I thought it was worth mentioning because he was such a free agent bust. And... Uh, because this is the one thing that's going to ruin all of our Chargers love that I have is this is him getting this offensive line right. He's shown that he hasn't been able to do it in the past. And they've got they're going to have two rookies. Okung's coming over as a free agent. Like maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But that's kind of what st- stands in the way of this Chargers team being as good as we think they could be. Is Russell Okung good, by the way? I don't know. Seems OK. I know he's dra- he was a first round pick and He'll then Denver didn't keep him around. And now he is, he's on his third team in five years or whatever. I think you've painted three years. You, you kind of come up with the answer to that to some degree. He's a patch. They're not enough. They're not enough of these. I guys. mean, they got rid of King Dunlap. They got rid of Franklin, who was like having Twitter wars with his own teammates. Tough. Yeah, it is, it's been a tough off season to patch your offensive line. Uh, in other news, um, Mark, you pay attention to this, uh, especially Antonio Cromartie. Uh, he got his wife pregnant again. Again, he's going to have his 14th kid. And third after, third post vasectomy. After the big V. He got the snip. I thought that was somewhat of a permanent mm. uh, procedure that doesn't work all the time. That yeah, part. if you're doing a winners and losers of this news, obviously winner, you know, the 14th kid, biggest winner there. Yeah. Loser, the guy who gave the vasectomy. <laughs> bad for his business. Right, right he's noted. He's known as a guy that doesn't work. Not exactly a lock it up operation. I mean, it's <laughs> well, I you, you were complaining about having two children on Father's Day. Try going out to a restaurant with fourteen children. You'd have to rent the back room. There's no other I option. Mean, I I mean four. I mean fourteen. Now we're talking like dead blues legends about <laughs> children. It's yeah. I mean Philip Rivers at eight feels like he's you know un- underwhelming here. <laughs> So should we start a GoFundMe for Antonio Cromartie? Because I'm telling you, he hasn't been out of he's out of football now, and between you know the kids and, and the the mamas and everything, this is this is not a good situation. Are we considering him out of football now? He's done. I well, guess he doesn't have a team right now. Did he play last year? He played. Guys made a lot of money. Am I crazy? That's right. He was gone halfway through last season. You're right. It's he's 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 gone. Could be over, bro. Anyway. I read, read a story about him like, oh, how how conscientious he is because he drives a Prius. And it's like, I don't think that's an, a choice right now. Like, that's kind of. I mean, you covered him. You for really a while, have to right? downgrade the vehicle selection at this point. Yeah. The money's going elsewhere. Uh, you Yeah, you did cover uh, Antonio Cromartie. Crow. 
That's Good a good show. Yeah. What's your What are your thoughts on him one on one? Nice guy, like super nice guy. Potent. I mean, obviously, obviously, this female thinks he's nice. She continues to to entertain the idea well, of more children, a larger family. How nice! I think he got a bad rap because of the can't remember them all thing from Hard Knocks, and then never really recovered. Yeah, and he it, did, by the way, remember them all. It, yeah, it's, it's right. People kind of misremember that as if he couldn't remember the kids. It just took him a second. Because at that point, I think he was naming ten children, right? And you were under age five know Which ones old. he had like already said, and which ones he hadn't. I mean, it was a bad job by Hard Knocks. Well, I had a I had a vasectomy conversation with uh, someone in this building, a friend of mine. Oh, uh, just you know, you got to look at your options once you hit this phase of life. And he told me some sobering details about the process as well. So between that, uh, I'll tell you about it off off mic. It's a bit of a more intimate procedure than I was. Under the impression, I would never in a thousand years undergo that procedure. <laughs> put it this way: you can go, you can get put under, or you can get a local anesthesia. And if you go, oh. here's the thing: if you go local, it's local. It's very intimate, in a, and I will tell you off off mic. You're, the, there isn't a huge desire to know, but yeah. you can tell <laughs> me when the show. But is between on. this, between that, and the the crow news, you know, it's making me rethink some things. Finally, it's time to do some trope alerts. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Connor, I feel like you have to write so many of these uh, pieces on around the NFL. Here's one. I don't know if you wrote this one. Let's see. No. Our friend Max Meyer on the desk wrote this one. Doug Marone on Blake Bortles. He's improved. There's no doubt about it. And uh, there is a, a belief in the building that Blake Bortles throwing uh, motion, much derided throwing motion, is better. We buying it? Do you think anyone would would really freak out if we wouldn't allow reporters to talk to coaches and players for like four months out of the summer? Just take some time off because this is forced. It's ridiculous, and mm. he doesn't want to say. Doug Marone doesn't want to say this either. You know, he he doesn't want to look stupid in three months when he's still corking from like his back knee to throw passes the only other possible answer is he's not improved I don't really know where he's at I'm not <laughs> studying his mechanics right now and there's no reason to believe he'll still be on the team three years from now I mean you can't you have to almost slide into the trope comment or create a, a bigger because what, the alternative is what happened last year where they said like he didn't really work on it <laughs> like and then right to no, we can't. We can't let them alone. This is the company we work for, Connor. Twenty-four hours every year. In, in this he, is what's keeping our podcast going three times a week in England, right? In they May. don't even interview the <laughs> soccer players. They just they write their impressions. I'll write my impressions. Mm. I'll tell you what I think. That of sounds Blake Bortles. Nice. I don't need to talk to him. There you go. Sound the horn again, please. Said. Trope alert. Trope alert. Jared Goff is, Trope quote, alert. exceeding expectations in uh, <laughs> Sean McVay's offense. Same situation, right? Same exact situation. I mean, and, we knew, and, we, and we mentioned this exact comment I talked, we at talked the about end it last of the week. year and, and at the end of the season as soon as they hired Sean McVay that there's going to be all this unnecessary buzz around this team and a quarterback that, frankly, until you show it to us, in preseason and regular season games, don't care. I mean, maybe he has an Alex Smith thing. Alex Smith was the worst quarterback anyone can remember as a number one overall pick. And then was like, okay, his second year. Maybe he does that. And finally. 
Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Jets quarterback Christian Trope Hackenberg alert. says, quote, without a doubt, I think there is a different level of confidence. Connor, you're buying this one. Uh, he's referring to himself, I believe. He has a different level of confidence. He was so good that the team uh, didn't want to reveal his his tools towards the end of that miserable <laughs> season last year. Uh, and listen, every time a coach tries to rebuild your throwing motion from scratch, it goes extraordinarily well. So this is going to be fine. Yeah, a different Christian level of confidence. is real. A different level does not mean necessarily mean better or boosted. It means different. And that's what's happening in the news. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with me, Undies. What is me? Ah! <laughs> what is me, Undies? Ah! Just seriously soft, feel good undies delivered right to your door. Me, Undies are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced Michael Model, a fabric uh, three. Modal. Three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft. Lugs undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shapes, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. Ah. And guess what? What? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription... That's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead. Revamp your underwear drawer. You know why, Mark? Why, Dan? You deserve it. I think I do after that. Well, so do you after this Mother's Day catastrophe that you endured. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. There, I have gotten tweets, by the way, and MeUndies, tremendous product. Uh, it is not only comfortable, uh, you got the Micro Nadal, uh, uh, the Rafael Nadal. You have, it, it's a bit of a um, performance-enhancing underwear on some level. Visually, Visually. yeah, I think it is. Um, but I have had people reach out and say, we're waiting for that indiv- individualized offer code. Before we move forward with a purchase. Yeah, and they, they seem interested. I've gotten those two, and they... They're very specific about their demand. Want the underwear, want to buy the product, but also need it to be credited to our podcast. Good, good on them. They're correct. Uh, do we want to try calling Wes? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's give Wes, uh, Chris Wessling, if you are not aware, uh, before he's been around, been around the block a time or two uh, in his uh, years on this earth, uh, born on the west side of Cincinnati, uh, matriculated at some point to an island off the coast of Georgia, Tybee Island, where he lived for multiple years writing fantasy. That's eventually started working with Greg while living on the island and then moved to California. So occasionally he goes back to Tybee Island. And when he goes back to Tybee Island, uh, Mark, he only goes, there's one place that he absolutely has to hit up every time. Where is it? Huckapoo's, which is by his account, I mean, one of the greatest bars on the planet. We've been looking at the photos of it. Looks tight. Well, it's also the location of the 2019 Around the NFL live podcast spectacular, which will be taped on the weekend preceding the Super Bowl. And it will happen. It will either be, as I've said before, we're either going to do a show there or the Around the NFL podcast will end that weekend. (laughs) That's the stakes that we're talking about. 
Uh, we are finally holding the Shadowly League figures' feet to the fire. Uh, a little little fun fact before we get on the line. Huckapoo's is actually called Huckapoo's Bites and Booze. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So let's uh, let's go. Maybe Wes is there. It's right around happy, happy hour. You would think he's there, but he's also a very busy man. A lot going on in his life. Let's see. Busy? Or, or not like busy at all? It's happy hour. Hi, uh, is Chris Wessling uh, available to chat? Megan? Chris Wessling, is he at the bar right now at Bites and Booze? He's actually not here right now. He'll be up here a little bit later on. He's um, around the corner at a friend's house. Oh, okay. Thank you very much for that information. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, bye-bye. She seemed nice. Wow. I know. I wanted to talk to her for a little while. Uh, I mean, it's ama- I wanted to ask how she knew where he was. That that kind of says it all, that she, yeah. she like, he's not there, but she knows exactly where he is. <laughs> yeah, we could have kept around, and, uh, but she sounded very busy. That's true. Uh, but it, it, it does. It says a lot that she knows not only that Wes is coming later, she can pinpoint where he is on the island. <laughs> Well, we, we've, you know, we've texted with uh, Wes, and, and you can see it on, you know, he tweeted out a picture of him enjoying the high seas as a appeared to be a captain of a boat. So he definitely looks like he's having a good time on Tybee. All right, let's move on now. <laughs> I wish we had caught him, but we could try again. When is he coming back? He'll be back. Uh, he's flying back on Tuesday. Okay, so that was our last chance to catch him in Tybee. That's, that's an unfortunate thing, but it sounds like he's having fun. Let's move forward and uh, talk about Greg's big fancy takeaways. This is how fancy these takeaways are. Greg is on the regular. We're doing these network hits uh, fairly regularly. If you want to check DVR up to the minute live, uh, we do about three-minute hits uh, almost every day right now, uh, right around right around 4.50 uh, Eastern time. 4.45, 4.50, yeah, yeah right in that, in that range. Zone. Uh, but before that, Greg now is going on the network, a double dip situation, but only he's wearing a suit and tie, <laughs> kowtow to the man. Uh, and you are talking about this series. That's how it's caught fire. And I'll even say a competing website, to me anyway, is now ripping off the idea and using it on their own programming. Uh, let's be fair. Uh, <laughs> a certain giant uh, nestled in the foothills between uh, Boston and Manhattan is all of a sudden taking your idea and running with it a little bit. Well, I didn't exactly, you know, discover the theory of relativity here projecting uh, starting lineups. But, yes, we did notice ESPN was running their whole projected starters uh, series this week. So I'm glad we I was trying to keep it vague. Now you're you're taking them on head on. The war is on now between. Yeah. Target Bristol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's on. They've seen we've been doing this the last few years and they were they wanted to jump on. All right. So anyway, Greg's. Uh, done great work with this. I could vouch for this. I've read this content, and uh, and you have taken a close look at these teams to figure out and write with some level of authority. Uh, mm. What have been some big takeaways, big fancy takeaways uh, from the teams that you've gone through all the AFC, a little bit of the NFC? Let's start with one. All right, let's th- let's start with one of the NFC teams. I, it struck me looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, and you guys can tell me what you think when I looked at their starting lineup, it looked about as unfinished as anyone in the league. Like, you know, at this point you're past the draft. You figure you kind of have an idea of what's going on, but you look at the Eagles. First of all, 
Wendell Sw- Smallwood was my best guess for a running back. They have three running backs who are Oof. all these kind of small, smaller types, not necessarily between the tackles. Sure seems like they need uh, another running back. Then you read the papers, which, you know, I tried to you know, do some research trying to figure out where all these players fit. People think Jason Kelsey could still get traded, that Michael Kendricks maybe could still get traded, although there doesn't seem like a ton of interest. There's even been some talk about Jordan Matthews um, possibly getting traded. And you add that all up, you take Howie Roseman, who loves to trade, who's always very active. They need a running back, and it just seems like a team where this starting lineup is not the finished one, that they're going to have to make some moves and to keep an eye on them in the coming months. I was surprised that they weren't one of the teams in the first round that went after someone like Joe Mixon or locked down one of these higher-rated running backs because it would have solved an immediate need at a place where these players were considered correctly slotted. And they come out of that without without someone, and you got a second-year quarterback. You need to have a productive ground game. I like what they did in free agency by adding Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. That did a lot, but... I agree with you. I think that there's it's a it's an offense still in the making. It's an odd roster construction for a team that is still kind of rebuilding a little bit though. Like a lot of big one year deals like Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I mean, you're big really, I mean, obviously you went defense with the first first round pick, but Chris Long is a player that you don't really bring in if you're less than a few plays away. Maybe. So it just doesn't feel complete to me. It makes uh, that definitely I agree with you on that, but it kind of makes sense too because Despite how great the Cowboys were, at least in my opinion, I feel like the NFC East is wide open. So you could kind of get away with that thing where you're building on the fly a little bit, uh, where they're they're looking toward the future but still think they can contend. I I mean, the, I think a lot of this, of course, goes back to Carson Wentz and how he progresses this year. Uh, but they're in, they're in no rush. They're not in win now mode. I, no. I think it's okay for a roster to be under construction when you have a second year quarterback. Yeah, I don't think it's a it's a bad thing. It, they just seem like they have some moves to make. Like they're deep. They're one of the only teams you could come up with a whole second starting offensive line. Like they have all these backups who have started mm. games mostly for them. So there could be trades there. It's like they've got Chris Long and maybe Vinny Curry coming off the bench. It's just. A lot of players. Well, so Jason Kelsey, you're right. It seems like in Roto World too, around the and around the around the, on Twitter, you see his name pop up. The Saints were considered a landing spot potentially as trade bait because they they don't know exactly where they'll be with Max Unger. It sounds like you'd wait on Max Unger. But what what about swinging a trade for one of their running backs at some point? Right, like they're just a team. I think in training camp, maybe they're going to be looking for a running back. They're going to be looking for certain different pieces. And I, I think, like, as injuries happen in, in camp, just that they could be a team to watch. All right, what else we got, Greg? All right. Uh, I like going through Greg putting in the work, and now we're just mining him or pumping him for information. <laughs> love this. Uh, do you? I don't know. I do. I love it. I'm enjoying it. All right. Uh, let's stay in the NFC East. Is, is this – I guess I'll ask a question, uh, but I'll give my answer. I think this is the best supporting cast Eli Manning has ever had. I mean, just kind of looking at all the names in a row, and I know the offensive line is not great, but to have Marshall Beckham, and I didn't, maybe you didn't need to do this exercise to do this, uh, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, like has he ever had a better group of receivers to go with? There's a lot to like about this Giants team. This is a great uh, wide receiver group, assuming, and we've talked about this, we've talked about everything at this point, uh, we get towards mid-May, but uh, there is a question 
whether, at least as a Jet fan watching Brandon Marshall, if he lost a step or two, and wide receivers can fall off very quickly in this league, as we've seen. So it could be a little bit looks better on paper than it is in reality. But then then you look at Sterling Shepard, and he could be a guy that's uh, make the, making the leap candidate if, if we resurrect that series. Connor, you got, you got the boots on the ground in Jersey. Are people excited about the Giants? I think they are, but it's like you said, this is an on-paper scenario right now. So and who are you – my big question is who are you taking off the field? Like everyone says, oh, we've got this Ingram, guy and this probably. guy and this guy. I guess. And, and right. And so you're you're operating an offense that only runs one formation. I mean, you <laughs> run the same like 11 personnel every time you're on the field. And so where are you fitting in this rookie tight end who's not a great blocker in a position where he needs to be? And who who who's sacrificing? Is Sterling Shepard losing opportunities just so you can stick Brandon Marshall on the field? Is this the – is Ingram the first time in a while, maybe since Shockey, where Eli had a guy that was a real marquee in terms of pedigree guy? Because he's yeah. had, his career, Eli is sneaky, had a lot of productive tight ends. That Bennett, Bennett had a sneaky good year. For that him. you don't remember anymore, but he's always been able to get production out of that position. Now all of a sudden you put in a guy that's a potential, uh, a real talent, that could be something big. I, I, the one thing is I look at them, their offensive line, and you look at Dallas, the, the be, one of the best offensive lines, if not the best in the entire league, and arguably, arguably the best running back in Ezekiel Elliott. And you go to New York, you've got a shaky offensive line, I would say, and the running back, death, running, running back depth is really, really kind of a mess, in my opinion. And it cost them games last year. It cost them drives and points. It's weird they didn't get anyone else. And they're another team that could pick up a running back. They've been associated the with Gary like Blunt. Gary. Like, their gr- good positions are – Un- unbelievable. They're as good a run defense on paper as any team in the NFL. They're about as good a secondary on paper as yep. any team in the NFL. And then the receivers. And then you're right. With their bad positions, like the line and the running backs, are, are really bad. And one more point about the offensive line. And you, you hit on this last week, Greg, and I thought it was a good thing to bring up. Especially this time of year, everyone's like, oh, their offensive line sucks. It's like it's, a, it's not an easy position to, uh, to really know and people act like they do. It's also a position that could sneaky get – it could be decent during the year. Same thing could happen in Cincinnati. Even though it doesn't have marquee guys and some question marks, they could do a little, you know, spit and uh, – what is it, sticks? Spit? Is that the expression? I mean, I guess you could do that. Yeah, you get some Spits sticks. Spits and sticks? Some, some no, it's grass not particles. Well, what is the spit going to do with the You're, sticks? Well, you got to hold There's the stick. There's a drippy stick. Okay, you got to have some type of base, and then you're building a fort essentially with uh, spit and other things. Mm. Spit is serving as the the bonding. I think we're agent. closer to a smoke and mirror scenario here, but it's yeah. here's the thing: it wasn't a good line last year, and you, what have they done? Nobody knows the spit thing. Never heard of that I, before. I don't, to be honest. I know. I, I think one if one of your two words were closer to the real. Yeah, thing, I think we you're. Would, you're closer. I. It sounds vaguely familiar, but you're you're so far away that it's tough to know what it is. <laughs> Maybe something in spittle, potentially. All right, I'm going to – don't look at my computer while I try to figure this out, Greg, but you can move on. I like that me looking at your computer is, like is now a computer. new running bit on the show. It's always been, I've been getting I've been getting tweets about it. It's like, always happened, but now only now am I starting to be like, no more. That's fair. Well, he nearly, Greg also nearly knocked a full cup of water onto Dan's computer yeah. in excitement today. Which I gesticulate. Sometimes my arms are flying around, and yes, you're right. That was dangerous. Which All right, is the- funny, but also funny because Greg is on strike two and a half 
within this company for ruining multiple things with liquid spilling on his own laptop, and you almost took mine out. It's it's true. It's been like three years. I was told three or four years ago (laughs) that if you ruin another computer by spilling something on it, you are paying for that computer. (laughs) And you know what? That worked. I have not ruined anything. They scared you straight. I like that an IT guy yelled at you. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go over to the AFC South and the Indianapolis Colts and looking at their defense. And we've talked about this a decent amount this season, but the number really stuck out to me that if you look at what Chris Ballard did on their defense, it is possible that only two, and this is on the low end, but it's at least possible only two starters from the Colts defense will be back this year and starting for this team. That is how much they have turned over that defense. I think that's always been the problem. Like, everyone focused on, fixated on the offensive line, and rightfully so, but you have a defensive head coach, and he had absolutely zero talent to work with for the last two or three years. Art Jones might have been your best defensive player last year. It was guys like... They had to quell Jackson, who was, you know, there was no question it was he was not going to be there for much longer. And in a, in a secondary, there was just a patchwork, injury-prone secondary. Right, like, on one level, that makes – like, we like these moves. On the other, nine new starters at the same time. And it's pr- the number, to be fair, is probably going to be, like, seven or eight new starters. It, it's just you could, you could see a way that it was only two. And those two, for me, were Vontae Davis and Clayton Gathers. Their safety were, were sure things. But that's a lot to ask. I mean, that's a lot to ask. Your entire linebacker crew and most of your and most of the defensive line is totally different. It's like in in Scrabble, which I've not played in like about a decade. But you dump all your letters except for Q, and then you just you you start over. In this case, I think that Chris Ballard has actually made this team a much more interesting team on defense. It has to. What's your gel. favorite type of frog? <laughs> I know he's on your guys' radar or sonar, as this as listeners will point out about the sound that we have. But uh, yeah, he's done a good job. No, radar would indicate that there I have uh, there's something I have an issue with him, or just you know, it's how it feels. But tracking it a little bit, it's a tracking scenario. I guess I'll give I'll give our boy that. We'll we'll give him the fact that he's been very proactive here. Yeah, it's now, whether the, it's or not the these opposite. guys can play as a team. Well, you lived thing. under the era of the glacier where it's like you are allowed to make a transaction. Three months have passed. <laughs> you're allowed to do something. Yeah, if I'm a Colts fan who is annoyed and, uh, and sick and tired of watching my defense get shredded. Uh, I like a guy coming in and cleaning house. I'll take that. Dump it out. Dump it out is right. Mark, uh, Colts, Greg. 2017. Dump, Greg, it, out. Dump yeah. it out. Greg, dump something else out on us. All right. Dump How it. about the fact that the best skill position player on the Baltimore Ravens oh, no. is Mike Wallace? That this is a team that – we're thinking, okay, this is a playoff contending team, and the best skill position player, I would say that Joe Flacco has, the most dependable guy, is Mike Wallace. Wait, are we are we jumping into the, the Ravens' nest? Oh, I guess so. Are we Here jumping we are in? Again. All right, let's jump in. Into the Ravens' nest we go. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, here we are in the nest. I mean, we talked about this a little bit when we went around the a- a- AFC, but just looking at it all on paper, really, it stuck out to me that their third receiver right now is either Chris Moore or the guy who made two catches in the Super Bowl, Chris Matthews. Like, they don't have a third receiver. Mike Wallace is their number one receiver. Terrence West is their top running back. 
And as uh, Evan Silva of Rotoworld put it, like they have a lot of tight ends, Dennis Pitta and Crockett Gilmore and Max Williams, these guys. Like none of them are above average starters that are helping their team. Like this looks like a mess. By the way, he had four catches in the Super Bowl for 109 yards in the touchdown. It's a big game. He had the two long, uh, the three long catches. You're right. It's You're the right. same issues that they've had on offense, I think, for about two seasons where you don't have the type of players that can break a team's back. And they've, they've been really clear about their goals. They want to build an offensive line to rival Dallas. It's easy to say that, but they actually invested two draft picks in that and all on defense. They do have one of the potentially better defenses in the entire league, but you're you're going to win games 19 to 17. Okay, that that's fair that the defense could be could be good. But even that when I looked at like here are some guys starting. Chris Wormley, uh, a rookie. Bronson Kufasi might be starting at defensive end. Those are total new totally new guys. Like at, Was that at, the guy in Perfect Strangers? Like <laughs> who, who is their jokes. best pass rusher? I guess it's Terrell Suggs, but after that, who is it? I mean, they're counting on some young guys. Albert McClellan played a lot for them last year. Like I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't quite see it. They Dennis just, Pitt is they, still on the team. They develop their defensive players quickly, and they develop them well. That's something they do. They seem to do year after year in Baltimore. Kafusi, Sydney tells me. How about that? Just what's up, Sid? Kafusi. Yeah, Kafusi. See a BYU Bronson guy. Kafusi, yeah. Got to be. Mm. Got to be. If Sydney's plugged in on the details of a. Uh, do you know how to pronounce player. Kamalea Korea as well, who's also potentially starting for the Ravens? No, not plugged in there. Kamale. You guys forget, again, all this, like, crapping on here in the Ravens' nest of all people, of, of all places, <laughs> and not being respectful. You forgot about one man. Justin freaking Tucker. He's going to win at least five games on his own. <laughs> 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 Ten wins, whether we like it or not. I'm telling you. Maybe it's okay time for shoot. Baltimore to go through. 17 to 25 years of tough times. <laughs> uh, that's what I think because it, it fits in over the weekend. Numbers I, up. I decided uh, a birdie just kind of came in my head, and I decided, uh, you know, um, you know, you kind of circle the teams you're going to pick to make the playoffs or you think about these things, at least at least I do. Like the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the playoffs in 2017. They're coming back. They're kind of off the radar this year. They're back, and the Ravens are a big disappointment. Is this what you decided when you were staring at the Beachbody set up without texting Mark or Connor about something that would have been very important to them? Tough trip. Tough trip in the Ravens' nest. Let's, let's climb out. All right, you got anything else, Greg? All right, let's do – do we want to do one more? Let's do one two more. more. Oh, well, you tell me. Is it, is it worth doing two more? If it is, we should. <laughs> you, you tell me. All right. But, uh, the Miami Dolphins, best <laughs> offense since the Dan Marino era that they've had. Just as a statement. Well, that not it a lot is, of competition. Yeah, exactly. What is what are they up against? What would be if if the Marino offense is number one? What is currently number two? The year they had to run the Wildcat. <laughs> that might be that. That Pat was that was in Chad, the year with Chad Pennington. Did some Williams? of the Jay Fiedler years were actually a little better than yeah. people remember. So yes, yeah. it's not a high bar, but that's a good looking. It's a good looking group. But it almost is like the type of thing where it's a it sounds interesting better. thing to say, but then it doesn't really mean anything. Oh. Well, they were fifth. Or they were fifth <laughs> in points. They were fifth in points. Parker Spills, back in like 2001, Landry, 2002. and you add Julius Thomas to that. Really, fifth in points in 2002 with who as their quarterback? Let me look at this here. The Fiedler? Fiedler era. Feeds. I'm looking it up. Online. Good running game. Yeah, they they were the eighth overall. They were no, sorry, eighth in points, twenty first in yards. Which I mean, eighth in points, you had Fiedler as your quarterback. So this they went is... to the playoffs. Those they went to eleven and five back to back. But 
But you looked at those Dolphins teams. I think one of them lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. That you knew they were like the the current Chiefs. You're going to go about a game in. You're going to get bumped. We don't really believe in you. You're you're right though, Greg. This could be the best Dolphins offense. They should be excited. 2001 Miami Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, what about when they <laughs> they Chad Pennington? Chad Pennington led them to a division. They got some stars. I yeah, I don't know that it could be a good offense. I mean, it could be great. Yeah. Stills, great, great. Parker, Julius Thomas, Tannehill getting better. Yeah. You think this could be a Jay Ajayi? great offense? I a think top five be. offense. I if I was a Dolphins fan, I would be excited. You've got some stars on defense. You got these guys. All right, one. The division's wide open. One more. One last one. Do we do we trust John Elway in terms of fixing their? I feel like their whole team. There's a lot of teams like that. Totally depends on their offensive line. And doing this, it. it made me realize how much that offensive line has turned over. Only one starter is going to be back in the exact same position. You got Garrett Bowles, who's going to be their left tackle. You got Ron O'Leary, who got this huge contract, even though he was kind of a forgotten guy in Dallas. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask. Like he hasn't done it before. Elway's kind of swung and missed. And he's got four guys in different spots, three totally new players on the team. And to me, if, if they're not good, like that's the worst roster in the division overall. I uh, this is I I miss Wes obviously, um, and I miss him especially now because this is the part of the show where I'd go against him about John Elway, because he is a darling of the league and a darling in this room. Uh, but they did win the Super Bowl two years ago, and we did an NFL Network hit last week where we were all in agreement that we thought they were going to go last place. And you're just saying now that their roster's got all sorts of problems. You know, maybe maybe I always had a rough uh, year or two now. Is that fair to say that if they're all of a sudden now uh, in a, a tough position in this division when you look at uh, where the competition stacks up? You were also building to that Super Bowl. I mean, that was a veteran-laden team, and you have to – I mean, That's fair. You kind of have to accept, like, that tapering down process. At least at least you did get that Super Bowl out didn't of it. Have a line, yeah, didn't have a line really then either. That's the thing. Maybe it'll be good. On paper, it looks better. I mean, you have a first-round pick. You paid Leary a lot of money. Like, Menelik Watson is their right tackle. He's a guy who was kind of – a bit of a bust in Oakland, so it's just a lot. I know. mean, they're down year. They were 9-7 and seven last year, and it feels like a disappointing year. They're just a higher-class franchise than the bottom third of the league, where in off year, you go 2-14, and 14, everyone gets fired, you start over. I mean, I think the bigger question is, Vance Joseph, that's a, this is a high-pressure job, I think, Denver. You've got suddenly you're walking into your first training camp with a – quarterback battle where you don't it's not you don't know what either of these quarterbacks really can be Trevor Simeon I think we all like more than some people do but there's a lot of questions there and that offensive line undid this team last season and you're right there's no reason to think just like we looked at with the Giants that there's a lot of reasons to think it's improved like they like they're losing maybe a first ballot if there's a was a coordinator hall of fame Wade Phillips is like the first guy who gets lost and they're replacing him with Joe Woods I mean, maybe Joe Woods is fine. I don't know anything about Joe Woods. Well, Mark, you are our uh, our man, our knowledge man on coordinators. Tell us a little bit about Joe Wood. I mean, starting with his personal Woods. Life. Sure, per- his Woods. personal life. Yes, and very strong personal life. Yeah, uh, got a good character as far as my investigations have looked into at this point. Still very early in my in my uh, Mr. Woods file building. Yes. So let's get back to me. In a brief bit, I don't have a lot to offer you. Born in North Vandergrift, Pennsylvania. There you go, Pennsylvania. You knew guy. that, right? Well, that's sort of the obvious yeah, 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 kind of yeah, like right. every, you know any football fan knows that. That's the hits. You know the uh, they you know what they've done a really good job with Denver and Elway as well is at this point squelching any type of um, 
issues with a first-round quarterback, what's going on with this guy. It hasn't been a huge story yet, mm-hmm. but I wonder if a guy they took in the first round, Paxton Lynch, last year, like what does Simeon have to do to actually hold him off? Yeah. And and will we see – does Simeon have to play really well uh, to stay in the lineup, or is he even – if he plays as a league average starter, is that not enough to keep them from justifying the pick? I don't think – I think they said when they drafted Paxton Lynch that they were comfortable sitting him for at least two years. Um, and, you know, best laid plans always blow up. But I, I do think that they like Trevor Simeon a lot more than than the rest of the general public. And I don't think they'd be, um, you know, embarrassed at all if they have to start him for the next two or three years. I think wow. he's I think he's preferred definitely to uh, with the receivers and everybody else in the room. Too. Like whether you like Elway or not, like he's they don't panic at the quarterback position. They, they really just haven't seemed to do that. And Lynch is one of the few. It's so tropey to say a quarterback's going to be a red shirt quarterback and then he's playing by the end of September on a trash heap team but I don't think that there's it doesn't feel like there's pressure to put Lynch in like well, he did play a little he I did mean like, it wasn't it was, by it was injury choice. it was injury related but yeah and he I really went back and forth who would like who would you guys have put I mean I, this is obviously just total guesswork I'm not, I'm not pretending that I know I just guessed Simeon because I, but I thought to your point Dan if Lynch is even in the ballpark he's gonna start like Simeon That's has to be much like to better than him Chad Kelly, week one. And if the season does, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's one of the great predictions in the history of the show. If the season does go sideways, and let's face it, they're in a loaded division, they'll probably turn the reins over as well. If they're four and seven or something, and even if Simeon's playing well and it's not his fault, got to got to play the kid probably. All right, Greg, nice work. NFL.com slash projected starters. Nice vanity URL. Gets right to the point. Not going to confuse. Mark, you had that potential issue with the apostrophe. Uh, for your Mother's Day feature? Well, I think the metrics would suggest, as far as I know, that, that it did <laughs> oh, cause problems for people. Probably. Stop. Everyone just hammering the keyboard. There should be an apostrophe here. That's one of those grammatical ticks that most people don't know the answer to to begin with. People so. should check it out. Who cares that Mother's Day passed? Uh, you know, I didn't read it until late last night, and it was a one. I haven't talked to Mark since. It was a wonderful piece. People should read it. But it was still Mother's Day when you read it. True. Yeah, not feel, on the East Coast. Maybe yeah. something. Well, we had to get the NFL's Twitter account to you know know that it existed yesterday <laughs> afternoon to tweet it out. So fighting an uphill battle in this building. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do because I missed Mother's Day. I'm going to bookmark it, and then next May I'm going to devour it. There you go. <laughs> a click is a click. I'd say give it to Harris and let him read it. It'll calm him right down <laughs> for you. Can't wait. Connor. That's your kid's up? name, Harris? Yeah. All right. Harrison, Harry. I, d- I just you know I do I found out about the other one recently. I didn't know there was a second one running around. Harrison's the second <laughs> right. one. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's not a big deal. There's a lot going on in the world. I'm sure you got a lot going on in the haunted mansion. Politics and stuff. You know, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But I'll get there. Yeah, what was promoted more, Harrison Hansis or my Mother's Day piece? Would you say <laughs> <laughs> on NFL.com? It was probably about. Equal. I mean, you're not getting equal. on me for not updating you on Autumn Calabrese's whereabouts. Yeah, maybe Dan needs to do a better job letting Connor know about all the. Children, he's having. Yeah, just kind of let. <laughs> what am I, Antonio Cromartie? <laughs> Text me and you know, just keep me in the loop. Give you a heads up. Had a child, a second one. <laughs> Name, colon. <laughs> Actually, do you want it? The, the real truth of the matter, and it's funny because it came up, uh, uh, it came up earlier. His name came up. The day my son was born, Harrison, which was in November, um, I texted Connor and I said, You're not going to believe this. I just realized after the fact that. My, the name of my two sons are the same names as Mike Francesa's two sons, Jack and Harrison. <laughs> what? So, in fact, Connor is the only person that I texted with on the day of my son's birth, and yet 
he doesn't have any memory. Ooh. Yeah. So no, you want to talk about La Raville Magnifico. Oh! <laughs> Ooh. How caught up in your own stuff are you? That wasn't even processed. No, I, I'm I'm fully prepared to admit that I'm a garbage human being. Uh, well, you'll fit right in here, Connor. In the yeah, next couple is, shows. It, wait, I'm supposed I'm supposed to believe that you didn't intentionally name your children the same as Mike Francesa's, one of your idols. I'm telling you, it's kind of amazing. I didn't. You I don't know. Me that. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know how it could have happened, but that's <laughs> the truth. Um, all right, Connor, it was great having you today. Come back Wednesday, but you got to come back with fire. We're talking. Or are you kidding me, Fire? I'm going to get into a bar fight at the Whaler, and then I'll be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it. Let's get Kagongo. Sydney. Yes. Hey, let's let's uh, reach out to Kagongo, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. Uh, in uh, Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. Or are you kidding me? The old boss, the new money behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.